welcome to the Waste Not What Not podcast. I'm Philippa Ross, human ecologist, enthusiologist, author and energy healer, bringing you inspirational interviews, news and tips to rebuild the relationship between people and the planet, the way nature intended by revitalising our natural resources, minimising waste and maximising human potential. I trust you'll discover seeds of hope for a vibrant future so you can cultivate and transform them to suit your own lifestyle in order for us to collectively create a world where reverence for the diversity of all life is honoured. You'll find all the show notes in the description and lots more about me and my work at philipparos.com. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, be sure to share far and wide. Hello, Wastebusters. Welcome to episode 37. The theme for this week is kindness because it's key to my guest Rachel Neal's way of life and has a timely link with the fact that it's Random Acts of Kindness Day here in New Zealand on Thursday the 1st of September. A day that was founded back in 2005 by Josh De Jong to lift the kindness temperature of New Zealand and inspire Kiwis to come up with fun and crazy ways to surprise and delight others for no other reason than a desire to be kind. The 1st of September also marks the beginning of spring in the Southern Hemisphere. New life is sprouting, its growth supported by the nutrients in the soil, which sadly today contains microplastics, as was discovered in a study by the University of Beirut that showed finished compost and liquid fertilisers from composting plants in Germany contained a large number of biodegradable plastic particles. It was the first scientific study to systematically examine commercially available compost for biodegradable plastic particles. Apparently there's a 90% pollutant-free benchmark that means it's okay, but in my mind only 100% will do. Something my beautiful guest Rachel Neal would agree with because a core component of her compost away business focuses on sustaining the cycle of life by keeping compostable packaging out of landfill and creating pure compost that helps plant life flourish. One man in Cambridge who's all about helping land flourish is Adam Thompson who is on a mission to make it easier for other farmers and environmentally minded people to plant trees and restore areas to their natural purpose. It's a great way to use marginal land not suitable for farming with the added value it brings to the entire ecosystem. Like humans, when you give them a helping hand, nature bounces back. Planting in good soil has a ripple effect on the air and water too. Adam recently discovered freshwater crayfish in a stream on his land. He didn't even know it was there before. Nature's process is not always visible, like seeds germinating in the soil. It takes time for the positive effect of small actions to grow before they come to light. Just like the project in Germany that started 10 years ago. It's now full steam ahead in Rottenburg district, who are on track to shift from diesel engines to hydrogen-powered passenger trains. Five trains made their debut journey last Wednesday with plans to replace the fleet of 15 diesel trains by the end of the year. Huge environmental benefits using less fuel, as in one kilo of hydrogen fuel equates to 4.5 kilos of diesel. They can operate for an entire day on a single tank, covering 621 miles, which is the equivalent to a thousand kilometres. They're emission free and have low noise. There are plans to start the same kind of thing in Frankfurt shortly afterwards and then move to Italy in the not too distant future. 
Another 10-year project is making headway in Cyprus. Seawave Energy Limited have developed technology that harnesses the energy from waves in the ocean and converts it to electricity. The prototype connects moving magnetic platforms that looks like a floating spine, which allows it to flow with the motion of the ocean. Repair and maintenance costs are low, and it's hoped to produce them from recycled plastic. A definite must with the ever-increasing cost of energy we're experiencing worldwide. While I'm talking about the ocean, I've got every appendage crossed for a positive outcome of the UN negotiations for a high seas treaty due to be announced at the end of the week. Perseverance definitely pays dividends. We have to persist in order to protect the trees and seas, the soil and sand that are the bedrock for all life. Here's a few ideas to reduce paper waste which will result in less trees being cut down and which in turn protects the wildlife habitat. If you haven't already, opt for e-bills. Scan instead of printing documents. Consider e- and audiobooks and rethink magazine subscriptions as many of them are online now. If you do need to buy paper, consider reading the paper buying guide to find a source that supports sustainability. I put a link in the show notes. You can now take your old ink printing cartridges to Harvey Norman. Noleaming will take your e-waste. Bunnings take household batteries. Myra 10 take household light bulbs. And Countdown is the place to take your soft plastics. It's good to hear Coles in the ACT region of Australia are ditching plastic bags in the fruit and veg department from the beginning of next month, all the while gauging customer response with a long-term view to roll it out nationally. I say just do it anyway. We started using them without being asked, so why not stop them? Packaging is a huge problem and it's confusing to know what goes where. And for the more inquisitive people like myself, the process it goes through and what the end result is. Something my guest today, Rachel Neal, wondered when she questioned whether compostable packaging actually ended up as compost and wondered what processes were in place to ensure the end product was repurposed to its purest form. She knew nothing beautiful would ever come out of landfill and after extensive research discovered a much needed niche to manage biodegradable goods separately, which then sparked the launch of Compost Away. As you'll discover, Rachel does nothing half-heartedly. She pours her whole heart into whatever she does, even when the business was dealt a mighty blow by lockdown just three months after she started. Compost Away is now going from strength to strength, adding great value for people on the planet, a service that's now needed more than ever before. Welcome to the show, Rachel. It's lovely to have you with me. It's a great follow-on from last week's interview with Will Stevens and his story about making concrete pots because you're doing something to make a difference so far as composting, compostable packaging and actually making it into compost. So why do we need something that actually makes it into compost? To me, it's like common sense. Oh, thanks, Philippa. I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to talk with you about what I'm doing. It is common sense, and I've got one of those brains that kind of thinks like that. That's a solutions-based brain. If you have a look at the front of one of our boxes, it actually has the question, what if all compostable stuff 
actually became compost. Yeah. And I put the question on the box so that it would be out there in cafes and corporates and places everywhere and actually make people think about that question because it's a question that is logical but we don't often think about because we have all of this compostable packaging in our world now which is actually I believe a good solution for the full circle recyclability of packaging because let's face it plastic packaging doesn't always get recycled. I just thought, wow, we've got this great compostable packaging, but most of it's ending up in landfill. And I don't think people have put that missing link together, that middle part where, you know, we've got this compostable packaging over here, which is awesome. And then we've got these composting facilities, very few in New Zealand, unfortunately, that take packaging. And that's why we started Compost Away. But there's this missing link in the middle where unless it gets to the right place, this stuff just goes to landfill. I find you'll go to a cafe or something and you'll have this compostable cup and then you go outside and you stick it in a bin that's going to be collected by council that goes to landfill. So it totally defeats the object, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And for me, that was the crazy thing because... Generally, most of the population want to do the right thing, but they need it to be easy and they need to know what to do. And I think that's been an issue that's just been very confusing for people. It's confusing for me. And I, I mean, I'm not an expert in the environmental stuff. I'm not an expert in compostable stuff. I'm not an expert really in this field at all. I'm probably could call myself an expert in solving problems. I just can't believe that we didn't have a solution to this problem. So I said about just creating something that would be nationwide and be able to collect compostable packaging from anywhere in the country and actually get it to one of the few facilities that actually takes compostable packaging. I found the construction industry where there's a lot of waste. And the biggest thing is, as you said, there's very few outlets that stuff is happening. I think it's all gathering momentum and the technology and apps and things like this. If we educate people and make it easy for them and there's that connection and everybody's collaborating to the same point, then we can make the difference. So what was the thing that sparked something in you to do it? I was going through this process of looking at businesses because I'm just always thinking about ideas and and things to do. I I actually run a, a company called Solve Group. We have a few different products that solve problems. I was looking at uh, putting some things in compostable packaging and I just had that aha moment when I thought, well, where does this compostable packaging end up? Friends of mine knew that I was doing this. I was looking into, you know, what I could do and how to do it the right way. And it was so interesting. I had a few conversations. I, I accidentally ran into a friend who said, oh, you'd be so proud of me, Rachel. We had all of our Christmas stuff in compostable packaging, all of our plates, our knives and forks. It just felt so good when I put it in the bin. And I just had that moment and I had conversations like this over and over with people where they were wanting to do the right thing with all of their heart and soul. They were passionate about doing something good. But then there was just this disconnect between I think they thought that putting it in the bin would mean that it would just automatically, magically become compost when it biodegraded. 
Yeah, it's a bit like food because that takes up a huge part of what's in our bin and it doesn't biodegrade very well because of the methane gases. And so it's down to us as an individual to be educated and separated and actually only put mm. stuff in landfill that we don't have a way of disposing and create That's a circular right. economy. That's right. It was just so surprising to me. It wasn't their fault. It's just that we've sold this concept of things biodegrading down to compost, but it can't actually do that unless it's in the right environment. And I think people just need to be educated about that. And just that simple concept that even if something does break down in landfill, which, you know, after many, 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 many years, something that's biodegradable might break down, but it's never, ever going to be, you know, we see these beautiful pictures of a handful of soil. You might see some on my website. You'll see this beautiful picture of compost, which is a reusable substance. It's something that is good for our environment. It it helps us. And it's, it's a circular thing that can be used and reused and reused. And that will never come out of landfill. If I could get just that message by itself out to people about anything biodegradable, that nothing beautiful will come out of landfill. Nothing good will come out of landfill. And you're right. We just need to keep the things out of landfill that we can. And thankfully, we are living in a time where uh, people are becoming more and more aware and we're able to come up with ways in which to get rid of or to utilise the things that we are making as compostable and actually get them to become compost. It really comes back to the beginning and the purpose of the podcast. It's about not wasting stuff that can be a part of life cycle because it, mm. as you say it doesn't come back in its purest form and mm. um, what did you discover in your years of research oh look the research that I did was more about the systems that are in place and how I could possibly make something that could just work for everybody so you know Coming up with the box, which can be used by the courier system, for instance, because that's how we get everywhere in New Zealand and that's how we can collect from everywhere in New Zealand. That box had to be a certain type of design. It had to be made from compostable material. Um, I needed to work with the facility that we use here to make sure, and I still do that. If I have a new customer that has certain things on their packaging, you know, I'll get them to send me a data sheet and and I'll send that through to my facility and just make sure that they can accept it because we can't afford to have anything that's not compostable going into composting facilities. It was a lot of research on how do I actually make this work because I'm not in this industry. I don't know how it works. It was a little bit fly by the seat of my pants, to be honest, but I just believe that there's a solution to everything. And if we're passionate enough about something and we believe in something enough, we can make it work. It's the same message as Will was giving last week, you know, and listening to you, it's the integrity of what you're doing is ensuring that Everything that you do aligns with your values and the purpose of setting it up in the first place because there's no point in reinventing the wheel. Like with anything, you have to go right back to the roots and think, okay, so X, Y, and Z systems are in place. 
and they solve X, Y, and Z, but there's still this problem over here. How can we integrate it? And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done, which is fantastic. How does the service work that you're offering? Uh, So basically, we will service anyone in New Zealand who needs to get their compostable packaging to the right place. So we started with cups and lids. So we have a box that has dividers inside it so that all the cups stack up. So you can fit up to 240 cups and lids inside a box. And we send you out, yeah, we send out a pack of three flat packs to you. And that means that you set up a couple as a stand, which stands the height that you need for customers or your employees or staff to put the cups and lids in. We use QR codes and return courier labels on our boxes and they are actually used when the box is full. So when the box is full, the customer simply uses the QR code to scan And that will take them to order a a courier pickup and our courier will come and pick up your your full box. And then you've got the spare box to take over that box. Mm -hmm. And then we have a fully automated system. So when you call the second courier and obviously once that box is taken away, you're only going to get left with one box then. Mm -hmm. So it's time to buy a new set of boxes. You can obviously choose not to buy more boxes at any time, but we've tried to set up a system that's automated so that you don't actually find yourself with no boxes because then you've got the same problem as before, right? You've got all these cups coming in and if there's not a a bin that's going to accept compostable cups into it, then the cups are just going to end up in landfill in the general waste bin. We have customers that have one of our boxes in their home. So they recognize they buy coffee and disposable cups. They buy their takeaways in compostable packaging. They buy many things from the supermarket now, which is in compostable packaging. I don't think a lot of people realize Uh, Mrs. Rogers spices and peppercorns and those kinds of things. They're in compostable packaging. And unless you've got a hot compost in your back, yard then you're not going to be able to get rid of that easily and to be honest I think most of those packages just go in the bin yeah so yeah you can have one of our boxes in your home you can put all of your compostable packaging as long as it's certified compostable and when the courier brings it to us we sort every box because as I said before we just can't afford to have non-compostable stuff going to the composting facility And then it gets mixed with a whole heap of green waste through one of our partners who takes it to the composting facility. Fantastic. I used to live in Waipu, which is a relatively small little village. What if a business is quite small? It's because it would be a fair outlay. It's $49 per box. Yeah. And that includes everything. So that includes the boxes themselves. It includes all of the courier pickups from your facility Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously our sorting and processing and getting it to the right place for you. So generally it works out to about 15 to 20 cents per cup. I'm just thinking like for a cafe, obviously you're investing perhaps slightly more, I don't know, in buying the compostable cups and things to begin with and then you've got your service on top. So a solution to that would be, 
a few cafes coming together and they're having a central point or something like that. If you don't think yeah. that you can manage it by yourself, if you don't have the volume of turnover and you just never know where it might lead. But you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? You do. I think everyone needs to start somewhere and every little bit counts. And it's not just the cafes, you know, it could be yeah. a community centre. I mean, we have um, an electrical store down in Blenheim and they saw it as a marketing expense, basically, because yeah. they know that customers are going to come to them, they're going to see that they're doing the right thing and they're going to come back to them when they need something electrical. And also, I mean, they they obviously had a heart to do the right thing, but for them, it's a great marketing exercise. And we have uh, cafe customers who have reported multiple times that customers will bring back even cups from other cafes who aren't doing this. And of course, when they get there, they'll buy a coffee and whatever else they want to purchase. So it's actually a good business decision as well as a good sustainability measure to help you reach your sustainability goals. We also have your own dashboard where it will show you how many kilos of compostable waste you've diverted from landfill. So that's a really good thing for you to report as well to your customers and just be really proud of and to get that sort of inspiration for your staff and customers that you're doing something that's good. The technology has really helped because it's not labour intensive in so far as the reordering and the currying side of things. And to have this as well on your dashboard, you can tune in at any time. It's brilliant. I was thinking of festivals and things like that. When you said community halls, that's what triggered it for me. It's interesting uh, with the big festivals, obviously the boxes are compostable, so it has to be in an area that's going to be protected a little bit from the weather. And providing that the festival is using only compostable items, that will work. It's amazing what you find in the bins, actually, and I'm so glad that we decided to sort them because originally when I first organised all of this, I thought, oh, that's fine, we'll just send the boxes straight to the composting Uh facility. And I was thinking people are going to do the right thing, but I think there's just so much confusion out there in the world that... There's some people that even when it's right in front of them with writing, they, they don't necessarily read all of the information. I, I mean, I had a friend who said to me, Rachel, if I can't see straight away what I'm meant to do, I just put it yeah. wherever because I, yeah. I just don't know where to put it and it's just too hard. She's a busy person. We want to work with um, organisations who are going to take an active role as well in making sure that people are being educated as well because the majority of the public, I don't think, um, actually realises just what happens to compostable packaging if it doesn't go into the right bin. I think it's exciting that more and more people, cafes, corporates, people who are running these festivals are actually on board with getting the message out there. And as you say, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a single household or a big business or something, everyone can do their bit, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. I remember thinking when I first started this that I really believe this percentage of people who are hardcore, they're going to change everything in their life to do the right thing and good on them, go for it. I mean, we can all do more. That percentage of people would perhaps even think, well, why are you even using compostable packaging? Don't use the packaging at all. And they'll 
work their life to actually not use the packaging at all. And that's fantastic. And then there's this percentage down the other end of the scale who don't either care or they don't see it as a problem. But there's this big percentage in the middle where I think most of us fall, which is we want to make a difference. We want to do something good for the environment. We know that it's an issue, but we just want it to be easy as well. It needs to be convenient and easy and we need to be able to know that it's and trust that it's actually doing what it's saying that it's doing and that it's going to get to where it says it's going to get to and that the action that I'm taking is actually going to make a difference because I think we're surrounded by a lot of things at the moment that the lack of trust in whether or not it's actually making a difference is a big issue. Absolutely. And I think Mm. the important message for the podcast is, I mean, I've been on this journey for 20 years and like life in itself, it's forever evolving. The more you learn, the more you realise that you don't know. You cannot flick a switch and suddenly become the most eco-friendly conscious person because you're undoing so many years of programming most of which Mm. has been out of sight out of mind and I'll do it my way because it's in the too hard basket the older that I get too the more I realize that I just have such an appreciation for the everyday person who does just their little bit yeah, because that's how we get things done. I mean, my nan used to have a saying that everyone used to say, many hands make light work. Yeah. And it takes a village to raise a child. You yep. know, it's all of us doing our little bit and doing what we know is right. And that makes big things happen. So some people might be thinking, oh, well, I can't go out and I can't start a company that changes something that big. And look, I've had times where I've thought, oh my goodness, this is just so big. Why am I doing this? But I suppose that's why I'm trying to make it easy because every person can just do their little bit. Like one of my customers who has the bin in their home, she just gave us a raving testimony just saying how it's just made it so easy for their family to actually get rid of this stuff that they knew was compostable, but before they were putting it in the bin, in the the general waste bin. The black bags, the compostable bag, I ordered, I can't remember what it was I ordered now, but it came in the black bag. And the black bag is sitting on the top because I've got no idea where to put it. And it's like, well, I don't want to put it in with soft plastics because it's compostable and something good. That's right. So, yeah, it, that's a prime example of it. And it'll probably stay there. On but, my- <laughs> yeah. Remember that if you do put it in a compostaway bin, it must have the label taken off because generally those, you can get compostable labels now, but generally people don't know about that and so they just stick the normal labels on it and we obviously can't take off every single label on a compostable satchel. We actually have a customer who um, her business is sending clothing out in compostable satchels and it gets returned to her in the same compostable satchel because it's a higher service. And she has one of our bins and she just takes the label off it and puts them in and eventually she has a full uh, bin and then she gets it sent back to us. And that could take her months to fill the bin. You know, that's the beauty of our service as well. It's not a subscription. So most other services, if you're in a, a big city like Auckland, you can get a service to get rid of your compostable waste 
but it's a, a subscription model. So if you're yeah. not filling your bin, you pay the same amount every month. Yeah. Uh, with ours, if you take three months to fill a bin, then you, you take three months to fill the bin. So you're only basically paying the one amount for a bin at any time. It just works. Fantastic. You were saying earlier that your nan phrase it takes a community to bring up a child and many hands make light work. So apart from possibly your nan, is there a person or a book that has influenced you in your journey? Yeah, I think, well, she was a big one. She was a really servant-hearted and always doing things for others. And I think probably in recent years, my husband, if I want to be like a little bit cheesy, I love you, Will. He's just really shown me how easy it is to be kind. I think it's easy for all of us to be kind. And I think it's a lot easier than what we give it credit for. How did he do I that? just think... Oh, because he's just such a kind and beautiful and generous soul. He's just lovely. I mean, we go for a walk every morning and he often will say, I'm the, the good morning girl because I like to say good morning to everyone and give them a smile when they walk by. And I notice sometimes, especially it feels like things are hard for people or the community or whatever's going on in our world. For instance, the last few years, there were times when people found it really hard to do that. Yeah. And every time I would say good morning and someone wouldn't say good morning to me, he'd say, good morning, darling. And he might do that, you know, 10 or 15 times because there were 10 or 15 people who didn't say good morning to me oh, when wow. I said good morning. Yeah, I think, well, that was at the end of lockdowns and people were over it. And I think when we have challenging times, it's hard to be kind. Yeah, or it's sometimes it's hard, I think, for people that they're, they're stuck in their own world yep. um, and people are going through a lot and it's hard to extend yourself when you're in that space. So, yeah, I suppose my husband just showed me how easy it is to be kind, just someone who's influenced me. And I'm going to do a shameless plug for a book. It's a book that I actually wrote through COVID because cafes and corporates weren't open and I'm trying to get a compost away going and happening. And I just felt really impacted by what the community did with the teddy bears in the windows in my local community. And people did it all over the world, but I think New Zealand really got a hold of it. And so I wrote a book called The Great New Zealand Bear Hunt. And it's about the caring bears who helped us through such a, an interesting time. And it has QR codes in it that link to resilience, emotional well-being, resources for families. And 30% of all of the sales go to charities that help people who are really struggling, especially because of what we've been through. So I wanted to get that one in because oh, so it was really... Delicious. It reminds yeah. me, in my day, the in toy were the Care Bears. I guess you've come across them, have you? Yes, yeah. I used to love Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I love the fact that you've created a donation. 30% is quite a bit, but, yeah, donation for that one. So that's a definite list because I'm a great bookworm myself. Is there any other person's book that has influenced you? Well, I, I just have to say the Bible. Uh, I'm a person of faith. I know it's not for everyone out there, but to me, it has so many answers in it for all of the things that we're talking about, kindness, stewarding our environment well. So I read it every day. Yeah, it's something that really does impact my life. Faith, as you say, is a big one because in my work, it's the polar opposite to fear. 
And however you interpret it, however you see God, whatever form it happens to be, it's really about sustaining that faith and knowing that you're continuously evolving and growing as opposed to decomposing. And whatever you reach out to, and in your instance, it's the Bible, do something to sustain faith and faith in society and and support what others are doing. If you don't feel you can do it yourself, support the businesses like yourself, other people, come Mm. together and collectively we can make a huge difference. I think faith is the basis of hope and unless we have hope, there's not a lot to look forward to and I think it's that hope and faith that gives people the ability to actually make a difference. So I think it's really important. My family motto, which was given because my great-great-great-grandfather was a great polar explorer, is hope lightens difficulties. And so always hold that in my heart. And so the opposite is despair, which is where people have been. And as you say, it sparks hope and that smile, it's contagious. And to just keep doing it because it will gather momentum again. It's a bit like yeah. everything's festering underneath the soil and it will grow when you just keep feeding it sort of thing. We may not be able to mm-hmm. see it, but have faith that it is growing. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular quote or something that helps motivate you? Yeah, I think it's in line with everything we've talked about. Steve Jobs once said, people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world uh, are the ones who actually will change the world. I mean, it comes back to the everyday person being crazy enough to just do what you know, you're passionate about. If something's prompting you to do something, then just step out and do it and fight the fear because you're right, the opposite of hope and faith is fear and it cripples us. I know I've been crippled in my life previously. I've got some stories to tell, but, um, you know, I, I, your show is called Waste Not, Want Not, and I just really believe that nothing is wasted. So everything we go through, everything we survive, at 30 I had an accident that saw me unable to use my hands and had to be fed for six months and had to relearn how to reuse my hands and walk again. And to be honest with you, without going into it, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I just really believe that that has made me the person, not just that, but everything I've been through has made me the person that I am to be able to be solutions-based, to be able to to have the resilience to come up and try things. And even though sometimes fear is still present in my life, I know that I can do differently. I know that I can overcome that and step into whatever it is that I'm passionate about or whatever it is that I've got this crazy idea for something. I mean, some of the ideas I have are crazy. (laughs) Other people would think that they were crazy, but a lot of people thought probably Compostaway was crazy. Crazy only comes from a label is somebody else's fear because they wouldn't do it themselves. And I see it as courage. And that courage is linked to what's in your heart. And that is the thing that motivates you. And as you say, so many people who have adversities, it's that shift of mindset that actually you need to build that courage. You can take the lessons from it. Failure is a big one in my life. I could write, well, I am writing a book about failure and the insignificance and things like that. But 
there's so many lessons and you're mirroring what Will was saying last week in a completely different way and it just goes to show how everybody's lives are unique and how we can each contribute to it brilliant there's the common threads isn't there there's such a common thread with all of us because we're talking about despair and things like that so how do you keep yourself um obviously reading the bible is one thing for you to sustain the hope and smiling Mm. but is there anything particular that you do to get yourself out of a funk yeah i think i'm just surrounded by really amazing faith-filled inspiring people and i suppose i've chosen to do that And I suppose back to the faith thing, I don't just read my Bible. I talk to God every day and I I just really believe he speaks to us. He gives us the inspiration that we need to solve problems in our own lives and out there in the world. He's got all of the answers. So without being preachy, because I just know that every day I have a relationship that allows me to be the best version of myself. My beautiful friends are just absolutely gorgeous and they're always up for a coffee or a wine and that always helps (laughs) absolutely it's about the relationship that we have with ourselves our community and the planet being in relationship to god for you it could be the divine the higher self it's with something that is bigger than us and ultimately brings us closer to have a better relationship with ourselves the effects are exponential aren't they absolutely So you are doing one thing that actually is making a big difference. But if I was your fairy godmother and gave you the wish to change one thing in the world, what would it be and why? Well, I think it's still, again, exactly all of the things we've been talking about, but it would probably be to make people kinder and become the best version of themselves. So if I could change anything, that would be it because when people are the best versions of themselves they are kinder to themselves to others to the environment to the planet we're stewarding they do things out of the overflow of a good place rather than the overflow of a hurting place and so we live in such a world that's so hurting at the moment and I mean it has been for many years but yeah I just really feel like kindness is the answer to everything Brilliant. brilliant. And kindness to ourselves. And then that will overflow to other people. I really believe that. Absolutely. And not to label yourself crazy or weird or something. And it's to celebrate your difference because we are meant to be different. And we're not meant to Mm. be like reconstituted entities of the same thing. And really, really celebrate that. And use your life experiences and shout it from the roof I mean not everyone can shout it from the roof but celebrate inside you know one thing that's good about me today and it will have a a knock-on effect beautiful starting and being kinder to yourself being the proponent one I think it would be fantastic great stuff well I'll put all your show notes to all the links and things like that and your book of course so I just want to say thank you very much for having the courage and stepping up and doing your part in the world and um, the world is a better place for you having you in it bless you take care thank you so much philippa and bless you and you take care too it's heartwarming to know there are people who serve from the heart why not assess your own needs and the outlets you visit to see if you can encourage others to embrace composter ways way and don't forget to raise the kindness temperature on random max of kindness day and then keep it going even if it's just with a smile Which reminds me of a great poem by Spike Milligan. 
Smiling is infectious, you catch it like the flu. When someone smiled at me today, I started smiling too. I passed around the corner and someone saw my grin. When he smiled, I realised I passed it on to him. I thought about that smile, then I realised its worth. A single smile, just like mine, could travel round the earth. So if you feel a smile begin, don't leave it undetected. Let's start an epidemic quick and get the world infected. Before I close today, I have great news about a previous guest, Tess Livingston, who in episode 18 spoke about how we can use our voice to express our true selves. She's launching a podcast called The Good Talkers Podcast, along with three others, all about the joys, trials and tribulations of being a voiceover artist, which is being launched on the 1st of September. There's a link to the website in the show notes. I'm juggling ideas around my guests for next week, so make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. All feedback and reviews are much appreciated, as are your suggestions for subjects or guests you'd like me to consider. Just email me on info at So until next week, dig deep, open your mind to a world of possibilities, live life with a generous heart and take steps to minimise waste and maximise your own potential.